close to you right now. I know that song. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know the words. All I know is I feel so close to you right now. I wish we could go through life just listening to voices like like this. Yeah, so clear. You want that? Are you sure? No. Okay, me neither. Hello, everyone, and <laughs> welcome to Dirt Track Confessions. I'm your host, Manny Patch Mahaney, and today we have a good friend, Steve Harbat, joining us. Hello. So um, we're we're just winging this. We it's it's this guy's birthday. Hey. <laughs> and um, I was like, hey, you want to do a podcast? I don't know what we're going <laughs> to talk about. So we're just going to kind of wing it, talk about some great stories. Randomness. Pretty much randomness. So if you're in the mood. Um, hang tight and enjoy the show. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Dirt Track Confessions podcast with your host, Mandy Pouch Mahaney. The Dirt Track Confessions show starts in three, two, one. So, um, many of you guys have been seeing Steve since like the OG year we started this. Yeah. Our videos. So, um... I mean, I feel like this is similar to the podcast with Allie because everyone thought this is, this is, we're just starting with <laughs> this. We're doing it. Everyone thought that Allie was, you know, Mike's other girlfriend. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure everyone thinks like we got something going on because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> if that's not where people think, you know, so, um, we're, we're here to clear the air, I suppose, and kind of give you some background on Steve because Steve usually doesn't talk much on camera. No, I'm, I'm very socially awkward. I'm sure they'll figure that out in the next few minutes. You're doing, but. you're doing great. Um, so Steve. I I feel like I know, but can you kind of shine some light on what got you involved in racing? Because I know you raced. I did race at some point. So my father took me to Flemington Speedway as a kid uh, every Saturday night. Um, I was not a fan of your father's back then just because he won every damn race that yeah. I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I started go-karting, I think it was 1994, I actually uh, was able to race a go-kart on the Flemington Speedway infield. Um, And it wasn't until I started driving that I realized the talent that your father had, um, the mad respect I gained for him over the years. Um, Yeah, so anyway, this is, it's surreal that Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in a room full of his trophies and made friends with you, the family, you know, junior, everybody. So... Uh, yeah, went from go-karting at Snydersville, which I believe is where BP3 yes. will be going. So we're going back. Yeah, we're going so back. I'm excited to get back there to check it out as well. Um, and eventually, well, eventually. Oh, I think that's, I think that's me. That might be me. Okay, so we're back. Um, so you moved up. So, <clears throat> yeah, I went from. Well, I started that go-kart just to practice on asphalt and then just got involved in dirt racing with Snydersville. Uh, So, little side note, like Rick Lafferty and I went to high school together, but we weren't even friends in high school. We were literally the only two guys walking around with race cars on our T-shirts. Yep. Um, And it wasn't until I decided to race Snydersville, and again, I was like 16 years old, I believe, and... uh, Rick was also racing, but he was racing micro stocks, and I was in open go-karts. So our friendship began there, uh, basically because Rick sponsored me tires and a lot of help. 
And uh, he's okay. Yeah, he's, he's an <laughs> all right guy. He's another character. You should get him. Oh on my the god. Show. Oh yeah, that'll be a that would be an episode <laughs> for sure. That would be. So um, I eventually got hurt in a go kart. Uh, flipped over backwards pretty badly at Marsh Creek. And then that's when I made the jump to what Lafferty was racing at the time, the AMSRA Micro Stocks. And there was another group called Micro Dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I wanted a roll cage and seat belts around me. And looking back, I'm sure the quarter midgets were around. And uh, I don't even know if the slingshots were around then. But the, the younger kids today, I think, have a lot better avenues to – learn quickly, especially cars with suspension. Um, so, yeah, I ended up winning a microstock championship in 1998 at Mahoning Valley. Uh, and I was probably in my early 20s at that point, so there was a lot of other interest in life. Um, so I got away from racing a little bit. Eventually um, got married, um, eventually got divorced, and uh Got back to my racing roots um, and probably got back stronger than ever before with racing. And that was along the timeline that uh, one of your sponsors was a friend of. I was literally like thinking, like how, did how, did we, how did we become friends, Steve? Yeah. So Wyckoff Roofing yeah. was sponsoring your father. Okay. Um, Mike is from our hometown mm-hmm. and I'm mutual friends with friends of his and whatnot. Yeah. So one day he just said, hey, I'm heading up to the shop. And I believe it was Aaron and I came up here, um, and it just went from there. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy how it just evolved. Yeah. Here we are. And uh, as you had said earlier, people probably think what they want, but uh, I'm more of your stunt boyfriend or Mm -hmm. stunt husband Mm -hmm. because Mike is always far far away yep. or far too busy and yep i need my i need my cameraman i need yeah. a friend i need someone to drive me if if there's no room for me elsewhere I, i've even had to put a suit and tie on for you i've been to a couple yeah. banquets with you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good one he's you're my stunt boyfriend yeah yeah i appreciate that Thank so you. i think that's how rumors get started but no we're just i'll just put it out there let, let them just friends <laughs> We're just friends. Yeah. So what I always appreciate, Stephen, if if you're okay with sharing it, is you always talk about how racing kind of saved you, in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So along with divorce, I also came down with Lyme disease, Mm -hmm. uh, which you know all about. But uh, it's a horrible disease, and it just – it really brought me down to my knees. Um, and again, this ran in conjunction timeline wise with my divorce. So, um, I just wasn't in a good place in life and it, uh, racing gave me a reason to live per se, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was something to look forward to. Um, again, it was along the same times where I met you, you and your family. So I just feel like it really, it gave me like a, a purpose to keep going. Um, and even though I wasn't racing myself anymore, um, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to all those tracks with y- your father, even your brother. I was talking to Rick this morning, actually, how your brother ran Packenham's car and going oh, to yeah. Delaware and all that. Yeah. Like, I almost forgot about all that yeah. stuff, you know? Time flies. Yeah. But, um, I mean, even to this day, it's just, it's something to look forward to. I think mm-hmm. there's more more to racing than the cars just going around in circles it's it's family and you know even with family there's drama and that's what racing is and well speaking of family i mean it's you 
it's usually Saturday nights you get to bring your dad to the races. Yeah, this is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm actually looking forward to this season going back to New Egypt. Um, you know, I know it's probably going to be a place I end up more often than not. And, it's close uh, to home. Yeah, it's definitely close to home. And it's just, it's different, everything from parking to the grandstand itself. Like, I, I feel like it's a little friendlier on my 85-year-old Family father. Oriented. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that should be a good opportunity. And uh, I'm personally happy Grasso is back in the picture. And hopefully we have another successful New Jersey track again. So, obviously, I mean, you hit it off the top with um, not being a fan of my dad. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure when you first started coming around, you you used to wear a Brehern sweatshirt. Oh, we're going to go tell yeah. this story. Yeah. So, what was the cart track? Devil's Grove? Uh, where we used a to, Harrington's? Yeah, yeah, Harrington's. Devil's Grove, I, I think, think it was. I think it was Devil's Grove. Yeah, so... We used to go there mm-hmm. uh, again. It's it was, like it's it's a it's a friend's backyard racetrack. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. it got um, pretty serious. It did get serious, yeah. and there was always familiar faces there. Mm-hmm. You know, your dad being one of them, obviously. But uh, I just I, I've always been a Brett Hearn fan. Again, mutual respect with your mm-hmm. father's career and all that. And uh, so one night after Harrington's, we went to dinner. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of the place. Mama Maria's or whatever. Oh, Maria Rosa's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're close, Mama Maria. Yeah, Mama Maria. Mama's. So I sat down across from your father, and uh, he, this is probably some of the first words I feel like he even spoke to me. <laughs> uh, he's like, you're really going to sit across from me wearing a Brett Hearn shirt? To which I stood up and took my shirt off and <laughs> turned it inside out and put it back on and sat down because he's I a very felt, felt he's intimidating necessary. man. Yeah. He's intimidating. Yeah, he was dead serious about that. Yeah, yeah, he's but but it's <laughs> a perfect example. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I know for Mike also is oh my gosh, I it was a few months back joking around. I think I I had not our family. We don't fight. Um, but my dad and I definitely butt heads quite often because we are far too alike. And there was something, in, and Mike Mike basically was like, why, why do you have to do that? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, he does it to me, so I'm going to do it back. <laughs> and I can leave now. You know, I don't yeah. live here anymore. I can leave. <laughs> and we're, I'm joking about it. And I look at Mike. I was like, you know what? I was, did you ever think, like, before you met me, 10 years ago, you're raising against Billy Pouch that he would be your father-in-law? Yeah. He goes, absolutely not. He's like, it was intimidating racing him then. It's just intimidating being in the kitchen. <laughs> just as intimidating. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He just has that, that way about him. Mm-hmm. But I have pictures of him crying at your wedding, so oh, I think yeah. I can blackmail him. Him and Billy. Any. Oh, yeah. 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 They're 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 in there, deep, deep in there. Yeah. Deep in there. So what would you say <clears throat> it was like, I mean, hanging out with us in the beginning? It was intimidating. Uh, just in total, um, you know, your brother was really starting to make a name for himself mm-hmm. at that time. Obviously, your father was still winning races and championships, and uh, he's still that way. When I pulled up here today, he just, he's got this. <laughs> got to crack a joke. Yeah, he just has this way about him that he can humble you and mm-hmm. still make you laugh. I yeah. mean, I, to me, that's the way he says hello and welcomes you, but yeah. It's uh, it's very intimidating. The Pouch yeah. family is very, mm-hmm. yeah. You're not, you're not far behind. Just so Thank you know. You. Oh no, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, that's. It was funny. I think it was like a week ago. 
um, one of my, my Arbonne clients, he's messaging me. And like a lot of my clients are through racing. And so he messaged me. And I forget how he brought up the conversation. Oh, he, he basically was saying how he, you know, a lot of people judge him before they get to know him. And then they realize like deep down, he's actually a good guy. Yeah. I was like, I can relate to that. <laughs> he, literally his response was, well, you're a pouch. And I'm like, right. what the heck? <laughs> I yeah. get it, but yeah. I, you know, I can only picture it's what like Earnhardt Jr. goes through. Yeah, you know, went through life with his father's name, and mm-hmm. it's tough because you're you, obviously you are blazing your own trail with what you do to be successful, and it's a far cry from what your father did, but you know, yeah. still in the same still universe, same I guess. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Well, thank you, thank you. I mean, you're pretty you're pretty supportive most days. Most days. Most days. We'll see if this content comes out okay, and then you'll be like, ooh, I think it wasn't too bad. Thanks, dude. I can be like a monthly guest. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, okay, we're going to move this forward here. But we're going to, I don't know, careful with what I'm I'm letting you open here. But Mm. can you think of a (laughs) funny story, an embarrassing story? Something good to get me. I'm literally just handing it to you right now. And as I'm intimidating you with the the looks I'm giving you, go Uh, ahead. (laughs) Like you can read my mind because there's one story I feel like I'll throw at everybody right from the get-go. Now I'm scared. You should be. That you'll throw to everybody? Well, like in this scenario i don't think i've literally offered it to anybody but i'm just saying oh but we're gonna tell everyone given the chance if you're like what could you tell about me i'm just gonna jump right into it so one time mandy's telling me a story about um if i give a hint you're just gonna know the story already i mean if it's that bad we're just gonna cut it okay okay all right so i (laughs) came to their house one night for whatever reason, maybe it was one of the nights we went to dinner as a family or whatever, but I had to use the restroom upstairs. Mm. And I'll just give you a little scenario (laughs) that their restroom, bathroom, toilet specifically, has walls on either side of it to separate the shower, I take it. I can't remember. Yeah, it is for the shower, yeah. Okay, so when I came down, Awkward Mandy said something to the effect of, did you notice the walls on both sides of you? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. And she's like... Yeah, one time I stood up to poop in the toilet. Do you remember telling me that? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm nodding because I'm I'm sure I did. But oh, no. you did. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were in this phase of like uh, I think squatty potty was becoming yep. a thing, mm-hmm. and you were maybe in some kind of class that was teaching you that that's how cavemen naturally you're supposed to. Yes, correct. Right. So did you actually attempt to poop standing up? I don't know if I would say standing up, but more than likely like squatting over the toilet. Yes, I'm sure. Okay. Well, I wouldn't surprise me. I've tried some funky stuff. Yeah. So, of all the things that sticks in his head, it's it's a that poop one. Story. It's that. That, that, one. that makes sense though, because that's like all the jokes I talk about. So, uh, okay, this one just popped in my head. Oh no! You also. Is um, this another poop story? Yes. Not that I almost stepped in poop on my way out, right? No. Okay. That is funny though. Yeah. So. <laughs> You took me to an Arbon meeting that was about oh my god when I promoted of, thirty of the most powerful women I've ever been around in my life, let alone in one room in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mandy was invited up to have a little speech, and he told a poop story. Yeah, I did. Which I don't remember the content. 
content, which yeah. is by now irony content. But, yeah. Um, do you? Oh, I remember it, but I, it would be embarrassing to my brother, so I can't. Oh, man, if I <laughs> listen, if I knew it, I would tell it. I just, yeah. I just remember looking at you, and you're, I'm like, you're going here, like this is how you're. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is, like, I, I mean, this podcast totally just turned, um, which is totally just my style. I feel like I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm gonna put it all out there, even my poop stories and the people that. Um, <laughs> apparently enjoy it, I guess I'm going to attract. Is that, that sounds kind of weird, but that are open enough to have that conversation with me. Listen. Yeah. I mean, it's cliche. No Everybody poops. Exactly. There's no shame. No, it's not. And I think that's the, that's actually why you and I get along so well. I, I don't think you poop you, too. I poop too. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, that was my poop next to your car. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Almost stepped in that on the yeah. way out. So, but no, like you never know what's going to come out of us. Just sometimes no. we're mellow, sometimes we're not. And it could mm-hmm. be a blink of an eye between those two episodes. I'm trying to think. We've done a lot of traveling together. Mm-hmm. But when it when it comes to this stuff, I wish I had like a, I don't know, a portfolio in my brain of every memory every story like you remembering that like I have you know you know Ashley yeah so Ashley um she's not in racing I mean she has been around since I think second grade but she's that friend that I can call her and be like can you tell me about this one time and she remembers everything I did everything she's she's literally like my walking historian yeah 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 I need that I need to remember that I think a lot of us need that yeah I don't remember things well Rick remembers very weird things like Rick Rick remembers so much yeah Um, too much this is my second time I'm gonna say you need to get him on your show okay (laughs) 2014 I feel like we'll have to turn the mic down on him because he'll be yelling at us yeah well one time at band camp at man camp. Now, one time Mandy talked me into going far, far away to Fulton, New York. You act as if it's far. For you, Excuse it's far, me. far away. Listen, it is far away. When I grew up with Flemington, 30 yeah. minutes away. Windsor, 30 minutes away. Oh, that was that's probably the farthest then. Yeah, okay. We were discussing something earlier, but. Oh. What about it? Was that one Billy Yeah, flipped? so I had never been to Fulton, mm-hmm. and I was excited to be there. Uh, I saw two laps. I was ver- not, not even. We <laughs> saw like a half a lap. Yep. So Billy flipped. And I still remember watching the YouTube video after mm. the fact. But Mandy is standing. We would have been in what, three and four? Mm-hmm. And you, all you see is like you running along the fence as your brother is still flipping mm-hmm. through the air. Um, I'm like going to be superhero over here and save him. Yeah. But that was the only time I've been to Fulton. And I've literally seen a half a lap of racing there i think it was practice it Pretty might sure it was been. practice yeah it might have been but that's yeah. it that's all i saw because mm-hmm. we packed up and went home and that was the end of that so yeah oh wait how about the one time didn't you bring me home after i was left at the racetrack did you yeah Bridgeport. you did right you made Bridgeport. me turn around i mean okay yeah i made so I made mandy's you. father and this isn't the first time it happened to you i don't think oh no both my dad and <clears> my brother have left me at the races right so i left some Bridge- on purpose some they actually forgot about i left me. bridgeport one night after the feature obviously and mm-hmm. was probably i'd say 15 minutes away from the track on my yeah. way home and mandy called me she said, Will you please come pick me up mind you I, at the time, I was working at the track. Oh, right, yeah. And dad's night didn't go well, and 
this is when we first, Mike and I first started dating because Mike was there. Yeah. And, um, oh my God, I can only imagine, I wish I had seen this, is dad's loaded up. I'm, I have to wait until the last, the last race is done, right? Like I'm, I'm doing the PR, I'm doing all the social media. Well, dad's apparently talking to Mike. Mike's standing outside the driver's seat. Dad's turns the truck on, starts backing up. And he goes, Bill, dad goes, what, what, you're, what about what about Manny? We can't leave her, and he's like, she'll find a ride. Yeah. And then he just backs out, and, and she then, did. <laughs> and um, yeah, so Mike, that was one of his very first um, things with Dad. I, I don't know if that was a big red flag for him, or he stayed though. Yeah, he's, he stayed. He's still here. Yeah, but yeah, your dad is. Uh, he doesn't wait for anybody for no. anything. Oh, here's another good story for you with your father. So. Okay. <clears throat> You guys, when you head south ever to any races, but mm-hmm. you know, from Bridgeport to Georgetown, Del Mar, whatever, you would drive right past my house. So yep. you would always pick me up right in front of the highway at the firehouse. Mm-hmm. So I hop in the truck, passenger seat. I think it was even in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Probably just me and you, and I forget. But anyway, so we get going, and when we turn on to 95 to head towards Delaware, your dad takes the first rest area, which is five minutes from my house, and I'm like, Okay, this is weird. And I look at you. You remember this? And I look at you. And I know I exactly like, what you're going to say. What's going on? And Mandy goes, I think you're driving. <laughs> like, what? So. Dad was good at that. Yeah. yeah. Your dad just pulls over in the rest area and looks at me and he's like, okay, your turn. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So here I am again, surreal moment in life where your father has me driving his rig. Mm-hmm. And um, I won't do the snoring noise because of how loud this is in my own ears, but. Your father snored for like three the hours. Whole, the whole ride, down. essentially, right. the whole ride. So, yeah. did, I know we, did you, we at least win? I don't remember that part. See, that's where my memory's not mm. strong. I remember the silly things. Yeah. But the funniest part about this story is you had told me he always stops for like fuel or food or something at the Royal, yep, Royal, Royal Farms. Farms. But we didn't know which one because there's one every like mile down there. Yeah. So your father wakes out of wakes out of a like dead sleep, nap sleep, mm. and he goes turn here. <laughs> he's so good at that. That's all he said. Yeah. He said, turn here. And as I'm turning, he's like, and don't hit the curb. <laughs> so we, before I even like threw the truck in park and we were all getting out and whatnot, your dad's like, Poof, beeline right inside. Of course, your father first, no matter what, you mm-hmm. know? So he gets all his shit. And I remember I had a grin on my face because I'm like, I got the, I got keys. the keys. Like he ain't doing anything, you know? So I was taking my time. I think you took your time. We did our mm-hmm. thing. We come out. Here's your father in the truck with the truck running. And I'm like, <laughs> what's, I'm like, what's going on? So I'm like holding the keys. And he's like, what do you think? I'm stupid. I don't have spare keys in my own truck. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, so. he's, he's, he's been there enough that he, he's got that. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty impressive. He's a character. Was last year a year that you really slowed down coming to the races? Or was it the year prior? Yeah, so... I think at my peak, I went to 82 races in one year. Uh, Are we going to do that again this year? I'm not opposed to it. Okay. Uh, listen, the reality of it is, is gas prices are high. Mm-hmm. I feel like pit prices are getting higher. Everything's going up. Yeah. So it's tough. But mm-hmm. uh, the desire's there. So I don't, I don't have a plan. I like how scheduled you are maybe people don't realize how detailed your schedule looks on your phone (laughs) color coordinated yeah it's your brother it used to be your father Mm -hmm. mike 
I'm place sure BP3, BP3 is going to be taking place to oh, your father on the schedule. He's so. blue in my calendar. Right. So that's impressive and time-consuming. Um, phone calendars color-coordinated with your schedule. And I just don't have that. I don't. I don't need the to be locked in. No, it's not that. I am very organized. You are. Thank you. you are. Um, I just don't have that. I, I have flexibility. Mm -hmm. If I change my mind and I want to go to a different track or if I just am in the mood to see sprint cars, I'll go out to Central PA. Like, I just, I kind of go with whatever. Everyone always asks me in advance, like, where are you going? Where are you going? Dude, if you know how I flew, like, literally, if. It's like two hours before and if that and you decide. Right. Yeah. So, and the way that works is if the green flag is at seven and I know it takes me two hours to get there, mm -hmm. I'm leaving at five because like, I don't need to be there to unload a car and mm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's when all that other race car drama stuff happens. So that's why I avoid all that situation. I just go to watch race cars. Mm. That's what I'm there for. You, were you, do you feel like when you were racing, were you as involved with like the humans in the sport as you are now or not? Uh, No. Yeah, no. Um, I was just naive, I guess, to the the whole underworld of racing. The and underworld. There is. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. We don't need to make this <laughs> podcast about the underworld. But <laughs> I had no idea. Like, I to this day, I'd like to say I'm naive, and I just go to see race cars mm -hmm. racing. That's what I'm there for. Um, but there is a whole other universe happening parallel to yeah. the actual racing. Um, but, no, I didn't. I guess I was just young and dumb and didn't care. I just wanted to race, and I wasn't, like, the best at it, so I wasn't, like, winning races left and right, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was fun. It was just – it was – it's fun. My family wasn't involved in it like most families are. Like, I feel like everybody there has their, you know, mom, dad, uncles, all that, and I, I didn't have that. I had to blaze my own trail to, to just get there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's ultimately what – you know, led me to have a short career in racing because you're not going to survive without the help. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, and same thing, like Rick wanted me to go to Central PA all the time to help him, but that's, that's a commitment. Mm -hmm. It's two days, you know, it's your, your Friday, which you're probably gonna have to leave work early. And I don't need to tell you, you know how it goes, you know, yeah. Saturday shot. Cause you're prepping the car for Saturday night's race. And yeah. So sprint cars are, that's a whole different breed of racing anyway, but so, so that has me kind of wondering is, I don't want to classify you as a, a fan because obviously like you're part, super fan. You're, you're part of the fan bam, yeah. but I feel you of all of us have more of a fan perspective because you'll go in the stands and stay in the stands and, you know, very rarely you'll, you'll venture do anything crazy. So, I mean, for the fans, like, what do you feel is, um, I don't know, how could you explain to them being involved with uh, a family in racing? Not just ours, obviously, like Lafferty, and you have a lot of friends in racing, but that when you walked over that bridge and you haven't really gone back, what's it like over here? On the fan side, you mean, or what do you mean? Well, over going, here? going over here. <clears throat> so going from, like, just hanging out in the stands to... Uh, like behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Would you recommend it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I would almost bet a majority of the fans are there because they know someone, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's family, friend, coworker, whatever, they know somebody racing. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird if you think about it because that just means our whole fan base is just like family. Family. Yeah. It's not even like just people that love. 
like I watch football and I don't have a relative well, yeah, but in football. You're not, you don't have a relative in racing. <clears throat> no, but it, it was me. It's my passion. Yeah. You know? But yeah, no, it's, um, I enjoy going to the pits. I obviously, I don't really, I'm not committed to working on anyone's car or anything specific. I just, I, I enjoy everything from the smell of the fuel to the rumble of the engines. I'm, I'm a little 12 year old boy when I walk in that pit again mm-hmm. and, uh, seeing all the stars and we're lucky enough to still have the Jimmy Hortons walking around your dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's pretty wild that for me, um, I still have those childhood people that are still kicking butt, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, let's be honest, your dad still, still has his talent. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's crazy. And then the up and coming, um, I was through my life, I've seen a change go from, you know, and again, using your dad as an example, but your dad tried NASCAR and it was at the time when NASCAR started doing that youth movement. So mm-hmm. it was like it, it jumped back over your dad down to the young guys. And now even in, again, sprint cars, I feel like it's really rampant and open wheel like versus mm-hmm. modifieds. Mm-hmm. But um, there's just kids yeah. that can't even drive a car on the highway that are kicking butt and it's, it has a lot, I think, with age, you realize it has a lot to do with not having a fear, you know, and I don't know. Maybe it's, I. the older I'm getting, the less I want to fall down, I could put it to you that way. So I think it <laughs> okay. has, I think it has to do with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you just, you didn't have a fear, whether it was skiing or ice skating or whatever. You just, <clears throat> you never had a fear of anything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with age comes that, you know, fraction of a second of hesitation and that's just in your that's what everyone's fighting for in yeah. racing yeah. fractions of a second yeah. so you can't have you can't have fear no it's true doesn't exist it doesn't it shouldn't <laughs> no it shouldn't and i you know i'd love to know i don't think your father would ever admit that but like did you ever you ever have that mm-hmm. i remember your dad wrecked at flemington on asphalt like horribly mm-hmm. i even described it in a th- of course, I don't want to say this to your face. Yeah, he said his balls were the size of grapefruits or yeah, something like that yeah, yeah. from going around the five-point harness. <clears throat> but, um, like, how do you go from there? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, does he go through turn four every time thinking that? Or is it just, is that the racer mentality that, you know, I, you get back on the horse? I know, like me, like, I, you probably ignore it. But, again, I think it's, is that in an age thing or being naive or I don't think it has to do with the size of your balls per se. It's just, it's, I almost want to, I don't know. I almost want (laughs) to say it's age, but I also feel it's what, what do they have to lose? (laughs) What? Life. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, if they don't have kids, (laughs) if they don't have kids. No, I know. I know. And that's what I'm saying. I I, I absolutely agree. I see both sides of it, but I'd love to, uh, and you and I are this way where you'd like to know the mentality behind things. Mm -hmm. And it's not just racing wise, but this is where it would apply. Like, I'd like to know the mentality behind why racers are the way they are Mm -hmm. or what changes them. What makes, you know... Like it, Ryan Timms is that really young kid in mm-hmm. sprint car racing. What makes a Ryan Timms better than, uh, and I'm not saying this, you know, factually, but what makes him better than an Anthony Macri or something? Mm-hmm. You know, like they're both phenomenal. Yeah. But like if they both blow into turn one at Port Royal Speedway, mm-hmm. what's, 
I mean, uh, it, in my mind, cars are pretty darn close these days. Yeah. I mean, there's very li- little wiggle room, and trust me, I'm sure you're going to have people out here like, you don't oh. know the half of it. Yeah, like, yeah. I get that. But if you could do the old IROC days of identical cars, like, there's still something separating that Ryan Tim's from the, the mm-hmm. next guy. Absolutely. You know, so it's like, I'd like to know what that is. Like Kyle Larson's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like, why... Why does it seem he's so much better? Mm-hmm. And to me, that that's him. That's not just race cars. No. That's that's Kyle Larson. So it's like, what's what's he got? Well, I can see. I, I mean, I can definitely <clears throat> see the difference with what drives the difference between Mike, Dad, and Billy. Like the difference between what drove my dad to win races and what drives Billy and Mike to win races. But as far as fear goes, I mean, I you almost can't have fear if you race cars. No. Your brother would be another one. That time he crashed at Port Royal that we were there mm-hmm. in turn three. I didn't I didn't think your brother was coming out of that race car. No. And the <clears> fact <throat> that he's still back in it. Yeah. And it's just how do you, I don't know, how do you put that behind you? Mm-hmm. Just you get know, back on the saddle. Yeah. It's incredible. You've been to our open house before. Yeah, numerous times. Can you talk about, like, the type of turnout and well, – from an outsider's mm. perspective, because obviously, like, people come in and out of here all the time. Yeah. So, it definitely wasn't my first time that I went that I realized this, but it definitely hit me hard last time, not last year. Two years ago? Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, your dad's not doing this for him. Mm-hmm. Your brother's involved in it. He's not doing it for him. Um, I didn't realize that the first few times I came. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, I didn't know why, but it never really set in. Um, but your dad gets a huge joy out of doing this for his fans. Um, another thing I realized by hanging out with your family is how much your father did for the kids in victory lane. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, that's that there's still nobody that's really doing that. What he did. I mean, he literally invited every kid he could see in the the stand, like, come on. We used to make like coloring books. We'd give t-shirts away because those kids are I don't know, my age or older now, yeah. or definitely older now. Yeah, it has an impact. But mm-hmm. so going back to the open house, though, I mean, even the he had the uh, EMS squad or whatever doing parking. Yes. And I, you know, I think I heard this through the grapevine, but he gave them the money. Mm-hmm. Whatever the, money we raised, we gave it to them. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just stuff like that. It's not, it. that's the cool part. And then not knowing that stuff, just seeing the fan base that shows up. Mm-hmm. And now with, you know, not now, we've had it for quite a while. Social media, though, people saying how far away they are, how f- you know, they plan on coming. Oh, people that fly the in for yeah. our open house is insane. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, some of the stuff your dad raffles away is incredible. Mm-hmm. The fact that he kept it mm-hmm. for as long as he did. Some, and then yeah. the fact that he's willing to part ways with I it. I know. If only he was like me and hoarded everything. Yeah. But um, it's cool. And your entire family's involved in it. I mean, you usually handle that auction part. and mm-hmm. It's really cool just to see the from, you know, and I was one of them. I was that little 12-year-old boy that mm-hmm. grew up to love your father. And it's cool how much effort he puts in and talks to everybody and signs things and pictures. And it's definitely a cool event. I feel for a lot of drivers is that's that's where it's at i mean i you've heard plenty of people have heard 
my dad talk, myself talk, like again, our whole family is, it's all about the kids Mm because the kids are the future of our sport. So I think I like, oh my gosh, I, I hope in the worst of ways, just the most random thing that popped in my head is like, I hope racetracks like New Egypt in particular. Um, there was a video I watched a few months ago when we used to do, what was it called? Poster. Bicycle. <laughs> Bicycles. Oh, yeah. Bicycle. But, um, that's coming back. Poster right. night. Bicycle, the bicycle thing. Oh my God. They're yeah. bring, dude. New Egypt's bringing back like circa 2005 and I can't freaking wait. So I still, as a full blown adult, and I, you know, New Egypt started what, like ninety six ish. Yeah, ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. I still do that randomly. That bicycle. Um, bicycle. I have that, Steve. I, I appreciate that you know this because you go downstairs. Mike's here, guys. You go downstairs and you go, Mike. Have you ever heard of the bicycle song? He will tell you <laughs> to shut the f up because right. I play it in my car. Stuck in our head. It's on my playlist. And, and what like, else do you and I, I do want from to New ride Egypt? My bicycle. What else do we do when the mods come out? Bring them out, bring, bring them out, out, bring yeah, them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, this is all what racetracks are, the good. Um. But, like, again, like you said, I mean, well, New Egypt, because we spend a lot of time there. Same with Flemington. Um, but a lot of tracks that interact. I always loved what we used to do. I mean, Kutztown still, Action Track still does a good job, like, mm-hmm. interacting and stuff. But it's all about the fans. Yeah. Like, we literally, a lot of people don't realize, like, we are the circus. We are putting on the show. Mm-hmm. And you guys are the ones that we are entertaining. Yeah. So how can we get more of you there? Yeah, I mean, it's I I see, you know, not to call tracks out or not out, but whatever, but like Bridgeport's make it made bounds. I mean, just the, not just the track change, like mm-hmm. of the shape and size, but like just what they're doing. I mean, the whole, you know, now they've got like five cars with the flags on them and they yeah. do the national anthem and whatnot and there's just so much and they even again bridgeport's geared with the kids with that little play area and whatnot i mean that's that's what it is and i've heard you say this on your podcast before it's what it's all about oh, you I listen mean, to my podcast every now and again okay yeah okay thanks i am the worst fan you i are. really am mm-hmm. you are it's i'm okay. supportive sometimes I'm going to watch this one. Pen- yeah, of course you are. So anyway, back to the thing that um, the difference between your father and family, though. I know you're like, what are you going to say? But no, how you were saying other drivers, and I think you were going to say like other drivers are doing these type of open house things. Mm-hmm. However. Are they? Not a dig at them. They're doing these types of things, but they're to raise money. For them. Yeah. Yeah. So good, like good for you. I'm all for it. Like your fans mm-hmm. support you, whatever. But like, that's not the intent of your father, nor yeah. has it ever been. It was always like, this is for like a fan give back. Mm-hmm. This is for you guys. And yeah, I think that's what really separates it from anything else that you can just come to. And, you know, it's almost like a fair. There's food and. I kind of want to do rides. Maybe shirts. we can rent like a cute little fair. fair yeah, you better have good insurance because someone will fall the hell yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that. Yeah. You would. Yeah, exactly. Well, the fact <clears throat> to what you said is there's nothing wrong with fundraisers or, you know, um, gosh, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, Brightensteins, they used to do like a, a bash mm-hmm. in the wintertime. Yeah. And if anyone remembers the 14 at Grandview, um, Billy and both Mike have raced. Um, it was always a fun time, but it was like, their friends and their family and some fans and stuff. And I'm pretty sure that raised money for the team, which is okay. Like as long as you're transparent about it and you're like, Hey, this is what's going on. But yeah. So for the open house, we are working on, 
um, doing a fundraiser. Um, my dad's in the works with someone. So once we get that set up, we're going to yeah. concrete that. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. I mean, there's a lot, you know, it's a lot of traffic through here and it can produce good things from it. Oh, I think I want to get, um, do you know anyone that has a drone? Not, not mine. I don't know what, film, what happened to that. Film. Yeah. Cause when people are here, I'd love to go up top and kind of yeah. oversee things. Despite the fact that I know anybody, I, I guarantee you're going to get comments that people are going to offer Anyone want to bring their drone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please let me borrow your drone for a day. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and this one sticks in my head because I just watched it, but how everybody from, I think they even do it at arenas now, but so that, what's that go-kart track just opened in Edison? It's like the world's largest go-kart track. I heard about it. Anyway, mm -hmm. they posted a video of the drone that flies like the entire place, like through everything. And I know, like I said, I know a lot of other companies are doing it now, but drone footage is just phenomenal. It's sick. Yeah. It's sick. It's I know crazy. that's... One thing I am lacking on, just add that to my to-do list. Actually, um, since you're going to be flexible this summer, you want to learn how to fly a drone? Got to go to drone school. Yeah, that exists. I know it does. Oh, Mike Mike has shown me drone racing. I don't know how I feel It's awesome. Uh, Never thought I would get sucked into that. Really? Yeah, ESPN had it on one night, and it was oh like, my God. it was craziness. Yeah, I believe it. There's a lot of craziness. I feel like we could go on and on about random. We absolutely can, and that's what this is. This is definitely what this has turned into. Yeah. So drone racing. Drone racing. Are <laughs> we're at forty five minutes? So, um, people stopped like, like thirty minutes ago. They people stopped, stopped listening. Yeah. Oh, I want to close. Where is the metal thing that we're gonna hang up? We're gonna make improvements. I oh, say, um, I say we, and I meant she. Yeah, you got a mouse in your pocket. Yeah. Actually, I have. Um, we. I have someone we. making a new tabletop. Oh. That's going to have the logo on it. That's a step. Yeah. I kind of would like, that's the thing is like, I feel the trophy room is a good scene setter, but it's not really appealing no. for my complexion. Yeah, no. And yeah, it is appealing. I think it's something you would need to see in person or mm -hmm. grab that camera and walk around this room because it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean... So I turned 45 today, and your father has been racing since, or winning races since 78 when I was born. Mm -hmm. So that's the scary part. I can look around this room. I have friends in some of these pictures that are the size of little BP3. and You're showing your age, Steve. I am showing my age. I'm young at heart. You are. That's all that matters. I think. Maybe. So... Were you, were you getting at something with the... No, okay. this is the scrambled eggs part. Okay, so um, <laughs> what I'm envisioning is Steve and I, we'll see if this actually happens, but we have a lot of good things planned for this year. Yeah. We do. And I'm really hoping we actually fulfill those plans and those goals. Pictures, too. Yeah, pictures, video. <laughs> I'm going to snapshot that picture. It's great. <laughs> so... Um, Steve does awesome work. I mean, there's you. You've slacked on me for a while, but he's you back. You were gone. Yeah, but like at the races. So Ceilings Grove this weekend, perfect example. If if for some god knows reason, Billy and Mike aren't parked next to each other, like it's gotten to the point where most tracks and most series know like they got to be next to each other or right. they're gonna hear from me. And <laughs> right. not that I'm like a big to do, but I will rip them a new. <clears throat> butthole yeah. if they make me run across 
I know it sounds very. They'll dramatic, let you be parked next to each other as long as they're in the same heat. <laughs> sounds <laughs> I just accurate. put the curse on you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Just put ideas in their heads. So, but usually you are super. I mean, you're beneficial for a lot of things. But <laughs> when I am like over there with Mike, you're over here getting shots of Billy. So yeah. that's that no, is that's true. We got away from it. Um, yeah, it was tough. I mean, when you were up in New York and I was doing my thing down here, and mm-hmm. so we're coming back. Coming back. It's going to be a good season. It's going to be a slow build up because I might go to Lincoln Saturday. Are you serious? Yeah. Already? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Cut the podcast. You're out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Well, we've got, I've got um, Skylar helping me with the behind the scenes on the social media. I'm going to have you hopefully helping me, which would be nice. Yes. And then. <laughs> And we've just got a lot of stuff brewing. So as long as we actually fulfill those checklists, then I'll say it's going to be a successful year. Agreed. No matter what. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening in. I really hope you enjoyed this and got some really good laughs. Steve, you, you've got some good, you've got a good memory bank back there. Cause there's so much. I just, I'm lucky if I remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. It's filled with useless knowledge. I know, it's, but it's good. Nothing. It's good stuff. Thanks. You're welcome. You're (laughs) welcome. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed this. Make sure to like, subscribe, share this across your platforms, and we will catch you guys, if not at the races, then uh, right here next week. That sounds like a plan to me. All right. Thanks, Steve. See ya.